Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. The road to Super Bowl 56 starts tonight, Michael Holly, uh, in Tampa uh, on NBC. Um, and I got to say, man, it really does feel like a foregone conclusion for me right now. It really does. Um, right after Super Bowl 55, I remember having a conversation with you and I said, yo, Brady's going to threaten double figures. In Super Bowls, <laughs> um, that was before they brought back every starter. That was before they added Gio Bernard. That was before Antonio Brown decided to turn back the clock. That was before they kept all their coaches. That was before they boosted their pass rush with their first-round pick. Um. And now as we sit here, I really just feel like eight is a foregone conclusion. I know nobody's repeated since Brady's Patriots in 03 and 04, but he's going to get eight, and I think a lot more people are going to feel like me that, wait a second, this dude might get double-digit rings. So I was reading The Athletic the other day, and as you might know, they did a, a... top 100 NFL players and predictably ended with Tom Brady, but this this cool nugget came out of it where uh, and it says that Julian Edelman had never seen the board during the 2013 offseason. He uncovered Tom Brady's greatest source of motivation. The teammates had been working out together in Los Angeles when Edelman saw a prominently displayed whiteboard in Brady's home gym scripted with the sole objective Super Bowl 48 uh, February 2nd 2014 MetLife Stadium. At the time, Brady had three Super Bowl rings modest by his standard. That's because Brady's standard, as Edelman would find out in that moment, was well beyond the scope of anything he could imagine. Bro, how crazy is it you're going after Montana, Edelman asked Brady. I ain't going for Montana, Brady responded with an unmistakable air of confidence. I'm going for Jordan. I say go for Russell at this point. Father Time is already holding this L. He's going to play till he's 50. Um, and the math is on my side, Michael. I'm not a math major, but 10 out of 19 seasons as a starter, his teams have reached the Super Bowl. Seven out of 19 seasons as a starter, his team has won the Super Bowl, which means that there's a better than 50, 50 chance that they at least get there, and there's a better than one in three chance that I'm right and he gets championship number eight. I'm looking forward to the 2021 season. A lot of exciting storylines, but I really feel like I know how this movie is going to end and it's going to end with a rerun or better yet a repeat. Wow. Let me take you back. You want to go on a time machine? Take you back in a time machine. Uh, Maybe in a dorm room in Pittsburgh my freshman year, the RA is about to knock on the door 
for the fourth or fifth or sixth time in the last three weeks because I've got this crank. Old school stereo. Old school stereo, man. It's like an actual stereo system that I carted into. It had wheels. I wheeled in, into my dorm room. It was the 80s, all right? Uh, 1989. And I probably had this song cranked up. Don't, don't believe, don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype as a sequel. As an equal, can I get this through to you? (laughs) Come on, public enemy. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. And so look, uh, you have, you have believed the hype. See, this is what I'm finding out about you. What I'm finding out about you is you've got, uh, you like the hype. You like, you like the glitz, you like the fireworks, you like on paper. On paper was made for Michael Smith. Michael Smith likes that. Hey, this looks good on paper. Okay, <laughs> let's check it out. I'm, you know, <laughs> hey, the salesman, the salesman don't even say, let me go talk to my manager. You don't have to. <laughs> you got it. You, you see the sticker price, you're like, all right, I'm in. I'm in. I, I don't need to see any more. I'm not going to poke holes in this thing. I just like the way it looks. It looks good. I'll give it to you. It looks good. You know, I love Tom Brady. You know, I'm on board. I think uh, he is one of the greatest performers I've ever seen. I'm glad and blessed to live in this time in which uh, Tom Brady is doing his thing. But it's hard, man. It's hard to do what they're trying to do. And okay, maybe every everybody else got it wrong. Maybe everybody else got it wrong and the Bucks are getting it right. Or maybe we've never seen this run it back. This this run it back mission. Maybe we haven't seen this since the 70s because it's difficult for many reasons. Even in the 70s with Mike, when there was no salary cap, teams could have run it all the way back. No salary cap. You don't have to worry about it. 80s, no cap. That's a different interpretation of no cap. But you could have done it. They didn't. It's hard to do and maybe, maybe not advisable to do because everything changes when you win that championship. You mentioned Michael Jordan. We put the nice little graphic up there of Jordan, how Brady is going for Jordan six and how Brady and Jordan won six championships in his career. Jordan used to tell people just because this is what Michael Jordan would do. He used to tell people who were going uh, who were going for another championship, he'd say things are gonna change your second time around. Anybody can win at once. That's what Jordan said. Anybody can win at once. You win at once, it's a fluke. You win it multiple times, that's something, but it's hard because your your periphery guys, your peripheral guys are gonna start thinking they're primary guys. Your role players won't want to play their roles anymore. Things are gonna change. People are gonna want more money, they're gonna want more credit. It's going to be harder to get the disease, that bond the disease of more. Is that Pat Riley? Yes. The disease of more? Is that Riley? So probably is. I'm saying that the Bucks do not get to the Super Bowl this year. I don't. I don't think they get there. And if they make the playoffs, good for them. Making the playoffs, that's an accomplishment. Following a Super Bowl, we'll see. I mean, hey, hey, look. There's nothing. Wait, wait, the, be, the, there's best, nothing the best. The best you're giving me, Michael. The best you're giving me is it's hard. That's all you're telling me. It's hard. I okay. know it's hard. That's why so well, few teams have me. done okay, it. Well, but this? it's not impossible. Well, let me tell you what you're it's giving me. It's been done Can before. I tell you what you're giving me? Can I tell you what you're giving me? Fact, besides facts? 
Besides facts, what? Well, 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 it's hard as a fact too, but you're not impressed with it. Okay, this is the fact that you've given me. That the Super Bowl champion from last year looks good on paper the following year. All of them do. There's not a Super Bowl team I've seen that just all of a sudden, after winning the Super Bowl, you think, oh, that's about to collapse. Nobody sees it collapsing no. until no. it wait, collapses. Wait, wait, no, no, no. That's so, not you're, you're great. That's look good not on paper. Right. Like, that's not right. We, it, it ain't been since the 70s where everybody has brought back every starter. Typically, those people that you reference who want more go and get Maybe more elsewhere shouldn't. through free agency. Typically, your Maybe coaches, you your coordinators go and get jobs elsewhere. They are running back a team who won it last year in spite of how new everything was. And it's not like I'm betting on some out of nowhere guy. See, I think I think the difference between us right now, Michael, and I know you love Tom Brady. I know this is not an anti-Brady take on your I part. Do. I think the difference between us Absolutely right now not. is that you're not betting on Brady. I refuse to bet against Brady. The, they, for crying out loud, Michael, they even fully vaccinated. And I'm pretty sure Tom Brady probably had a lot to do with that. Okay? Their, big, their toughest opponent this year might be COVID. Even fully vaccinated, right. they may have some key okay. players end up on the COVID-19 list. And you just said if they, if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, I for damn sure ain't betting against Tom Brady. So again, I'm not just going off the fact that they're, they're not just any old repeat champion or, or defending champion. Excuse me. They're defending champion whose quarterback is the antithesis of complacency who set the tone who sets a tone in the locker room like no other leader. Maybe in NFL history. We talked about uh, last year Levante David couldn't even cry when they got to the Super Bowl because Brady's so damn cold blooded. He was like ain't nothing to celebrate. As if all of them had been to nine other Super Bowls the way he had. Okay, so the disease of more they're inoculated not only against COVID-19, but they're inoculated and vaccinated against the disease of more of which you speak. That will not permeate okay. this locker right, room. I have seen no okay, evidence look, of anybody I, thinking, I, well, you know what? I deserve more. Hell, Mike Evans took less to keep the team together. Mike Evans is in the best shape of his career. Everybody is following this guy's lead when it comes to getting their act together and not resting on their laurels. So I don't care about distractions or everybody wanting to write books or everybody wanting to have radio shows or everybody. Want, that's not happening here. Injuries. Sure. And in the playoffs, I, trust me, Michael, yeah. I recognize that anything could happen, but I go back to the fact I, that I like, somehow look. some way this dude has made it to the Super Bowl half the time. So more than half the time as a starter. So history says that I'm more likely to be right than you are when it comes to Tom Brady getting back to the Super Bowl at okay. minimum, if not winning it. Yeah, and, and, and so Tom Brady did all of that, all those numbers. Uh, see, like, you know, nope. it's almost like a role reversal. No, nope, but not it's by like himself. A role reversal. Because not you, by himself. No, no, it's not a role reversal. Like, this he didn't is do it stuff. by himself. This is the stuff. He didn't it do it is. by himself. It is. No, it's a role That's reversal. That's not what I said. Because you would accuse me. You would accuse me. You would accuse me. If I came up with a stat like that, like, what does that stat have to do with right now? See that that's that's a stat that I would make nothing when, uh, making an argument against say the Brooklyn Nets when I bring up history when I bring up historical fact. It's a fact, but it doesn't really nope. apply to the moment. Tom Brady. Nice try. Has it's been not predictive. Nice try. Say, I'm not hey, giving you predictive stats. I'm not giving you predictive. I'm giving you okay. unprecedented stats. That's exactly. I'm what telling you, did. you That's exactly that in the salary cap did. era, they are running everybody back. Okay, 
You saying it's hard to repeat. I know it's hard to repeat, but it's You're been done before by a Brady-led team. Going you had no, you say you're telling me something's hard. I'm saying it's not impossible. There is precedent for a repeat champion in NFL history. Okay? It can happen. I got that part. No, what I'm It saying, is hard, I got that but part. it can happen. Okay? Your whole your whole your mathematical equation about Tom Brady is based on one year, one year in Tampa and about 100 years in New England. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all of that he did, he was he he did in New England. So Based on your based on your math, Most of it. you're saying, well, Tom Brady has done this before, so he's gonna. I've got a chance of this being right because he did it again for one year, small sample size. No, 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 not Tampa to repeat. No, 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 no. I'm saying that Brady, size, not repeating, but nope, just getting to the Super Bowl. And I gotta. And Bill Russell. I think last how year. You, how I think, dare you? I think last year. I'm talking about the number. I'm talking about the greatest right. winner in the history of team sports. I know the number. He's already passed six. He's already passed six. Hey, what I'm telling you is Tom, he's, playing till, he's pushing I, 50. He's going to play till he's almost 50. That's number one. Number no, two, no, he's what he's about to do is have a second dynasty. He's about to do something that Jordan didn't do. He's about oh to, this is the God. beginning of a second dynasty. There's a new, there's a new England dynasty. dynasty and it's about to be the Bucks dynasty. Okay, I'm happy right. for him. I'm happy for Tom Brady. I'm happy for him. He's like family. He really is. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Uh, I, I love him. I love him. I really do love everything about him. Uh, uh, greatest uh, greatest performer in NFL history. Great talent, great talent. But dynasty Mike. Okay, if, if, if hey, a 40 I've never if, if a 44 year old player. Am I, am I getting ahead of myself? It's the foundation if a 44 year old player is a foundation of a dynasty in mm -hmm. Tampa. Okay, rename everything rename everything not just the Lombardi trophy uh, the, 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 the Tom Brady pro football Hall of Fame rename the franchise put his face on the side of the Buccaneers helmet because that would be one of the greatest that that's the greatest accomplishment in sports history. No 44 year old. What, what about has been the foundation? What about him other than his birth certificate? Okay, so now okay. This is interesting. This is interesting because a moment ago when I cited precedent, you, you pointed out that that's not predictive. Fair enough. You're yeah. citing precedent when it comes to age because no quarterbacks perform this lateness to in his career this well. Guess what? Precedent in history goes out the window. It's, it's, Conventional wisdom goes out the window with this yeah, okay. guy. What about him suggests that he's 44 years thought, old? What does that have to do with anything? What what does that have to Did do with anything? Did he look 44 last year? In this sport? Yeah. yeah. It, it well, he wasn't 44 last How year. How did he look at 43? I'm saying it was 43. He looked, he How did he look last good. year? He, when he, he was he playing with an MCL good. all season, with a torn MCL, when he didn't but, know the, the playbook, see, when it was his first year in the system, see, I when said he didn't this, know people's names said, or terminology. Oh, stop. Oh, oh, I mean, I don't believe this. It's hype again. I don't believe all of that. I don't believe that's all propaganda. Oh, Tom Brady. You can yell all you want. You still haven't come up with a, with a, with a coherent Tom, argument Tom, to refute what I'm saying Tom, that they won Tom, the championship Tom, last okay. year and they come back better. So they're as solid a prediction as there is I'm not, in the NFL I that the defending champion I with Tom it. Brady will come I, back and be better. Sorry, Why is I reject that they're better. I reject that they're better. You're saying they're better because what? Clyde Christensen said it? Because Bruce Arian said it? No. Because our colleagues in the media sense have says said it. it? Based on what? No. Oh, common, common sense, sense says, says you get better as and you get right. older at the quarterback anyway, position. This, this is the one thing you most, got right. In the this most, is the one thing you got right in this whole conversation. 
I am talking about on paper. I am talking about on paper. They haven't played any games yet. That's why it's called a prediction. That's why it's called a prediction. They haven't played any games yet. They haven't played any games. So you're right. They may not. And, and, and Tony Young just said this right. yesterday. I, I think you might remember it. The year after they won the Super Bowl, they were a better team and didn't win the Super Bowl. And I'm sure there are countless examples of teams that thought they were going to repeat and didn't, even though they might have been better on paper. So you're right about that. But if we're in the prediction business, and since the season kicks off tonight, I'm putting my money on Tom Brady and the Bucks to go back to back, given that everybody's back and healthy at, for the time being. That is not going to work. Mike, it is it is um, it is the most brutal sport uh, in North America, pro football. And I'm sorry, you know, Tom Tom versus Time is a great uh, series title. I enjoyed watching it. He won, but I actually, no, no, he didn't win because nobody does. No, nobody, nobody wins Bro, against okay. Time. He is, he's doing well. You know what? Father Time he is holding that L. Father Time is holding that L. He has done right as best, but it, after a while, after a while, it's just like okay, like nobody beats Time, including <laughs> you, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is doing great for his age. At, at, at playing football. He's so great and nobody he is he is the best age 40 quarterback age. age 40 and beyond quarterback in NFL history. He's had two Hall of Fame careers. He's, all of these he's things one of the top three know. quarterbacks in the league now. He's a top three quarterback now. That's more than just good for his age or well for his age. He's a top three quarterback now. Maybe. Maybe uh, and that's 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 debatable. That's debatable. But Is I mean, it? just to assume that he's going to go out at 44, he's going to go out at 44 and just repeat. It's just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for team wise and individually. It doesn't make sense that he can just go out and repeat what he did before. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Let's not act like that Tampa Bay last year in their Super Bowl year that they were head and shoulders above everybody else in the league. They weren't. Exactly. So exactly. You know, Okay, exactly. so it's just gonna get better now. It's gonna get better. You bought the hype video. You bought the hype video, hook, line, and sinker. Go ahead. I don't have to call my manager. I have to call my manager. You so you bought the car. Go ahead, take it. Take it for a ride. I'll see you in January. Stop it! Oh my God! Who does that? It's not even close. He's it's on his not way. not close. He's on his way. Hey, listen. As Jay Z once short. said, things you're saying now, I was saying then. I've been ahead of my time my whole life. This is no different. Okay, good for you. Good for you. Get your legend in your own mind. <laughs> 100%. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think that uh, Tom is motivated by blood because he's a vampire, so he needs that blood to remain to remain looking like a 25-year-old child who is just still playing in his prime, so he's out for blood. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That answers a lot of questions. No wonder. See? Yeah. That's why Father Time holding that. He's L. a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> you really? Uh, but you uh, tell me for real, for real, for real. Okay. Just argument aside. You really believe that Tom Brady has that that will play until he's fifty years old? Do you really? Seriously? Do you really believe that? Because for him to reach, I think he will push Russell, fifty. All right. Do you think he'll win if he pushes fifty? So you think he's going to win? How many Super Bowls? But because he's what 44. I said now. he would threaten double figures. I said he would threaten double figures. He's at seven. I'm giving him eight this year. So he'll have eight by the time he'll have eight Super Bowls in my mind. By the going time he's his, entering in, in age 45, because he'll turn age 45 going right. into the 2022 season, right? So if eight by 45, right. why not one more? Again, I choose my words very carefully. He would threaten double figures, if not reach double figures. Does he get 11 like Bill Russell? Who's going to the Hall of Fame as a, as a coach, by the way. I know you knew that, but I don't know how many people know. He's already in as a player. Now he's going in as a coach this weekend. Incredible. Uh, shout out to the GOAT. Um, the GOAT of GOATs. Right. But if he gets eight this year, like I believe he will, why not nine? Why not ten? Why not? See, I, I know this is, I know this is going to yeah. blow your mind. <laughs> I know this. I, I know you. I know you. I know you're not going to believe this, Michael. I know you're not. I know it sounds like how could you? But everything I say, unless I say otherwise, I actually believe. I'm not one of these people that just says something for shock value. Never have been. Never will be. I actually believe I know what it is, and I'm saying. I just and the thing that I left out earlier, well, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, is it's not just Brady coming in, firing all these weapons. He has a defense. Hell, the defense saved his ass in the NFC title game. I didn't forget. I right. didn't forget. Right. So it's a complete team that he has to rely on. So even at 43, now 44, he he's not when at, at what point does he become a Peyton Manning at the end of his career like liability? That 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 is nowhere in sight. At no, minimum. He will fall off and be a serviceable winning quarterback who, like Elway at the end of his right. career, relies on a running game and defense, maybe. When is he going to stop being capable of winning at a high level? No time soon that I can see. Unless you're telling me he's gonna fall off a yeah. cliff. <laughs> no, but no, no. I mean, look. Um, yeah, you can go ahead. I mean, you can do that. Uh, I'll just leave that one alone. Um yeah, <laughs> you know, I know. I know you say what you mean. I know what you say what you mean and mean what you say. But I also believe in follow up questions. You can't just say somebody says something you got to follow up and say, all right. I just want to make sure I heard what I heard. So um, let's start here. 
I've watched uh, Brady like you have his entire career, but very specifically his entire career. Like I've studied, I've studied Brady. And one thing I just want to uh, knock down, attempt to knock down, and this guy knows a lot of football. He's family. I'll be listening to him tonight. Uh, Chris Collinsworth said something like he couldn't, he tweeted that he couldn't see a difference. There's no difference between Brady at 24 and Brady at 44. And I'm going to say that's BS. Um, he doesn't make the throws. He's still, he's got a good arm. Tom Brady's arm strength is not the same as it was when he was 24, 27, even 30 years old. It just isn't. So he can't make all the throws at 44 that he could at 24. Now he's smarter at 44. So? He's got a better. He's got a, a right. He's got well, I'm not no, not right. so ain't no. So there's no. So why does that matter? It's the, yeah, that's, no, it no, matters no, because so be, because there are certain th because a, a, a quarterback who can make all the throws is harder to defend. Now last mm -hmm. year was great. Okay, so that's not, not going to continue to be the case. In this time, Tom versus time, and time is holding the L. That sounds good on brother from another, but for a defensive coordinator who is smart and who knows how to uh, put Brady in a situation where he's slightly uncomfortable, that could be a factor. Just, just keep that in mind. Keep in mind that I said yeah, that in September of no. 2021. Yeah, okay. no. All right, fine. I mean, fine. Okay, all like right. all quarterbacks, he's not the 44 same. or 24. He's smarter, if you pressure but physically him specifically the up the middle, doesn't matter. He still he still threw 40 touchdowns. Okay. He ain't got to be the same. Okay. Jordan wasn't the same in 98 right. as he so, was in 88. So what? So so right. what? Okay, he so threw what? 40 so, last okay, so year okay, I, I, when he was right, when he, the first year in the system. Give him, give him all the rest of the Super Bowls. Then he's got it. Get, give him all the Super Bowls. He's got the he's answers to the win. tests. Hey, he might win 12. He might win 12. Hey, Bill Russell, uh, step might. aside, 11 and 13. He might win 12. And by the way, can I just point out nice little story in the athletic about how Julian Edelman went to Tom Brady and, uh, you know, and he saw on the whiteboard that Super Bowl at MetLife Stadium. Guess who didn't get there that year? Tom Brady. Right. The Broncos. Right. The Broncos got there and lost to the Seahawks that year. Just. Just for the record, yep. you know, Tom Brady has been the Super Bowl. He ain't gonna win them all, Mike. I'm familiar like, with NFL the, history. The hype, I'm the hype is just a little over the top. It's just a little too much. I think they're they're a really good team. They won the Super Bowl. I'm glad they did last year. I was rooting for them. I was rooting for Tom Brady. I continue to root for Tom Brady, but I do see some fallibility in Tom Brady. I do see some. It's it's like going from an A plus to an A is still great. But to, to, to right. suggest that there has been I'll no drop off from Tom Brady is absurd. Sorry, Chris. It's absurd. Right. This would be great. This would be great. So when he throws five touchdowns tonight, this would be great to run back tomorrow. Okay, uh, so when he throws five touchdowns feed. tonight, see, see, well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Wait a minute. Let me just point this out. When he throws five touchdowns tonight, sure. It means that everything I've said about the body of work is invalidated because he has one good night. And just as if he, no, he were to come out said and about, throw everything you said is invalidated in on its face. But tonight's okay. just going to put put it over the top. Good. It's just, nice. <laughs> just going to put nice. it over the top. But if he throws, <laughs> if he throws three interceptions tonight, I'm not going to come in here tomorrow yeah. and say I told you so. So it's not right. based on one game. It's the season. When they mm -hmm. finish 
11 yep. and 6, 10 and 7. Don't say, wow, what oh, happened nice to job. Tampa Bay? I struggle with that. Nice job. I, I still struggle with the 17. Uh, just it's, it's not instinctive yet. You know what I mean? To say 11 and 6 or 12 and 5. It still feels weird. Uh, I just noticed on your feed, um, on the subject of Brady, I mean, we'll, we'll stay on Brady and then we're going to go back to the opener tonight. But do I still agree with, do I still disagree with you on 12? To what are you referring? Since you've tried and, you know, failed to second. combat this Hold argument, let's change the subject. Okay. Hold on a second. Is that a Wusa? I was just arguing. I was just arguing against Brady. <laughs> so that's a reference. <laughs> I got to get in character. I didn't know. Uh -huh. I didn't know. I didn't know uh, we would go down that path with Brady. But that first item is a reference to an argument we had a while ago. When I, that's why I said it's a role reversal. Um, a while ago, I said to you, Tom Brady uh, is the greatest player in the history of football, not just the greatest quarterback, but the greatest mm -hmm. player in the history of football. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't mm -hmm. sound like I, I, I felt that way 10 minutes ago. I do. I still do. But no, I could I could distinguish now. It seems like that has nothing to do with this. But it's it, it sounds like it sounds like you might agree with me where you weren't willing to go there. Uh, maybe three months ago or four months ago when you brought up, you know, you couldn't give it. I said, hey, it's better than Lawrence Taylor. You said I can't give it to you. I say he's better than Jerry Rice. Yeah. I, can't, I can't give it to you because quarterback. You made a distinction between quarterback, special category, and right. all that stuff. But I look right. at Brady at the quarterback position. So you've already mentioned, you've already taken care of the winning for me. So you're making these comparisons. Mm -hmm. uh, got nice graphics with it. You're making these comparisons to Bill Russell and to Michael Jordan. So that's team wise. So we've got the winning part. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times yeah. when people will go, hey, you can't just focus on the, the championships. That's unfair. So Dan Marino didn't win. Is Dan Marino not great? Blah, 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 blah. You hear that all the time. Yeah. So now let's focus on the individual yeah. Tom Brady and not the championship, not the champion. Yeah. Passing yards, touchdowns, yep. uh, an interception rate. start tonight. He makes his 300 Availability. There are yep. so many individual stats that Tom Brady has it's all it kind of just blows up the argument uh, from the from the late mm -hmm. 80s and early 90s and that argument went something like this. It was Joe Montana was the winner and Dan Marino was a stat Dan guy. Marino, yeah, or yeah, it, it, I remember. but Tom Brady is both and it used to be Brady Manning Manning was the stat guy. He unified he unified the belt, as I put it, after the 28-3 comeback. Brought, you know, there, there's no IBF or WBO. He unified the, the heavyweight champion belt. Manning was the sad guy. Brady was the winner. But he's just brought, up, brought yeah. that all together. So I would say clearly that he's the uh, greatest player in NFL history, not just because of the stats, not just because of the championships, mm -hmm. but because I've never seen anybody, I've never seen an athlete be mm -hmm. elite in his 40s. I haven't seen I, I, I haven't seen oh, oh, how about that? I shouldn't say never seen. I've rarely seen an athlete be elite in his 40s. I've never seen it in football ever. There's never yeah. a, a, an elite. There's never been an well, elite 40 year old football player. Well, there's a reason for it. Oh, they played. Um, They've been there. Dave Craig well, was there. The Warren Moon was position, there. The nature of his position 
Usually the guys that play into their 40s they either kick or they play quarterback. Uh, the nature of his position allows for him. I'm not taking anything away from what he's done to make himself this good his routine his training his diet so on and so forth. But the nature of his position as opposed to I don't know an offensive lineman a linebacker a defensive end. They're not going to continue to go through head on collisions up into their 40s. If they're lucky they do it into their 30s. Do I still disagree with you on whether or not Brady is the greatest player of all time is the question. Yeah. Yeah, my disagreement so was a nuanced and subtle disagreement, and I think you see it in contemporary conversations as well. For example, best player in the NFL right now, some would say Patrick Mahomes. Many, including myself, would say Aaron Donald, right? Same goes for NFL history. Somebody asked me the other day, he said, why, you know, why do people, and, and if you look at the NFL top 100 list, which I don't know how much credibility you want to give it, but I don't I don't think an offensive lineman was in the top 30 on NFL Network's top 100. Okay. Somebody asked me like, why do quarterbacks get, you know, historically old saying they get too much credit, too much blame. Why are people so fascinated? Why do they always talk about quarterbacks? You know why? Because a quarterback is the easiest thing to analyze. It's the easiest position to appreciate. It's the easiest position to criticize. It is the easiest position to quantify. Everybody understands the quarterback. Okay, you know, you, you drop back you throw the ball. Oh, that was a good pass. Oh, that was a bad pass. It's, it's simple. It's easy. It's easy to latch on to the most important position on the team. And it's also the most glamorous position on the team. Therefore quarterbacks are going to get an extraordinarily uh, extraordinary amount of credit when it comes to conversations about greatest players in the game. Take MVP. For example, are we sure that the most valuable player just about every year is a quarterback? Are we sure about that? Are we sure that the Heisman Trophy winner damn near every year is a quarterback? Are we sure about that? No, but it's no, just the nature of the position. So when it comes to NFL so, history, Brady is easily the most decorated and to your point, the most accomplished player in NFL history. My hesitation comes from being able to say that Brady does his job better than Jim Brown, Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor or Reggie White, just to name a few, did theirs. That's where I hesitate. Are we giving Brady that number one spot unequivocally? Forget about the championships, forget about the stats. Because of the position that he plays and how glamorous quarterback is, or are we giving him that position because we know, and this is a rhetorical point, we know a rhetorical question, because we know that he's better at quarterback than Jerry Rice was at receiver. The answer is we don't know that because there's no way of knowing that. Well, there's no way of knowing whether because well, they mean, didn't do each other's job. It's no different than Kareem versus Jordan. But you can say anybody. It, it, it's no slam anybody. dunk, pun intended, that Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. Hell, I'm talking to somebody who has come around to believing that LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. It's an argument. Russell's the greatest winner when so many of his stats weren't even counted when he played. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar right. has got it across the board. Championships, MVP, stats, dominance, all of it, right? It's an argument. In the NFL, despite seven, and I believe going on eight, if not more Super Bowls, I think my there's an argument gracious. to be made for other players who were dominant think, that, at their positions, Mike, maybe not as long because they couldn't do it as long because of the nature of, I don't know, football. I'm going to suggest to you, if you think Tom Brady is going on eight and is threatening, will threaten uh, double-digit Super Bowls, then you've got your answer. It's not as nuanced as you make it sound. If you think that's going to happen, then Tom Brady is. You should just, you just pointed yes. out to me it was a team accomplishment a little while ago. A little while ago, you pointed out. You I, said, did, I mean, it, I, I could have heard. I, I heard you mentioning 
the Patriots that's what infrastructure I and military field language. goals and that he didn't do it no, all by I'm himself, your, right? But I'm using your language. I'm your like you uh, all you've done since we started is talk about Brady is this and Brady has appeared in X amount of Super Bowls and I'm not betting against Brady. So using your language, I'm just using it. You, but I also you told you about you the other 21 starters that, that are right? coming back you said that, and right? the coaching staff that's coming back. I, I told you, you I, I told you a lot of things. But you ain't focused you a lot of on things. Clyde Christensen and Byron Leftwich. That's not the basis of your argument. The basis of your argument is Ty Tom Bowles. Brady's a bad man. He's always been in the Super Bowl. No, the basis so of my argument back. is that they're better than they were last year. Okay, before we go to break, before we go to break, before we go to break, since you tried and failed to debunk my argument and counter my argument, who you got? If you ain't got the Bucks, who you got winning it all? I don't know, but it's not the it's not the Bucks. I don't know. I don't know who's gonna win it yet. But I'm just saying okay. it's not as easy as. It's not as, it's <laughs> the, the that, it's not as easy as just the throw field. the Buccaneers up there. I don't know. Okay. No, I know. And you know I'm who knows trying, how, how hard it is to repeat? Hey, listen. Hey, listen. I don't know what happened. I'm not trying to. My purpose is not trying to tear down your argument. I'm just trying to talk to you. I'm just talking to you. I ain't trying to like dismantle your whole counter thing. Counter my argument. Bro, that's fine. That's I'm fine. not trying to counter uh, But you know, lately, you know what you've been doing lately? You've been disrespecting Tom Brady lately. Lowest of keys. Talking about, oh, he's weak. His weakness is he's not mobile. He's a top 10 quarterback. Like, I've been peeping, I've been peeping your game here. You know who knows, knows a lot about how hard it is to repeat and who successfully done it? Rodney Harrison, coming up after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Not everyone understands how grueling a rehab is, yeah. so I almost want to break it down for them. What were the milestones for you physically? Mm -hmm. Was there an exercise that you wanted to get to, a movement that you wanted yeah. to have? Like, give me some of those moments that you remember from rehab. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, having the the training the training staff we have and medicine, I was able to take the cast off immediately. I mean, the next day or so, and look at my leg. But then after that, it was it was about walking. Um, before walking, actually, it was about wiggling my toes. 
Um, I actually used to uh, have, have the trainers or my girlfriend tap each toe and I'd close my eyes and try to figure out which toe they were tapping because I couldn't feel it. Uh, to When I was finally getting that right, it was about walking. Um, then it was about picking up marbles with your toe and picking up the cough drops and picking them up and not missing the cup. Uh, to then, it was just simply about when will I be able to jog, when will I be able to run. And the moment that those little steps came, um, I knew it was, it was game changing. That, that At that point, I was just going to roll um, whatever it was that was in front of me. I was going to knock it down. Welcome back, Jack. Uh, so good to see this guy. It's going to be so fun to see him back in action tonight after coming back from that gruesome injury, all he's been through on and off the field. Um, but I'll tell you what, Mike, the least of my concerns is Dak Prescott, whether he's going to show up. You know, he might not light it up tonight, but he'll be fine this year. I think everybody's question about the Dallas Cowboys and whether they can get back to the playoffs is on defense. So they got a big test tonight. Who better than to talk defense? You've been spending all this time talking about the quarterback and all that kind of crap. Let's talk some defense with Rodney wait, wait, Harrison. Wait, wait, wait. Mike, first, uh, Mike, can I say yes. something to you? First and foremost, man, I just Please. heard this conversation about my boy Tom Brady now. Who's saying that Tom Brady is the greatest and who's not saying that Tom Brady is the greatest between you two? I said he's the greatest. Regardless of position? Yeah. I talking about, we talking yeah, about I said, greatest I said, player in NFL history. Yeah. yeah, I said he's the greatest. Mike, Mike Robinson is the greatest. I'm saying he's the most accomplished and most decorated, but I'm struggling to say that he's better at his job than Jerry Rice was at his, or Reggie White, or Lawrence Taylor, or Jim Brown, just because of the nature of quarterback, we celebrate quarterbacks differently. I'm not going to argue against him being the greatest player ever. I just think it's a little more conversation to it, given how dominant other people were at their position, but they just didn't happen to play quarterback. Is that fair? Yeah, I, agree. I, I agree with you. And I, I think that, you know, you look at Tom Brady, maybe he's the greatest um, quarterback of all time, but not maybe the greatest individual player of all time. You know, because you talk about it. I played against Jerry Rice for years, and Jerry Rice – I always thought that Jerry Weiss was the greatest player that I've ever faced. And I've faced Dan Marino, John Elway, a plethora of guys. And, you know, when I look at Tom and what he's able to accomplish from a team standpoint, I mean, the seven Super Bowls and, you know, possibly another one I think they're going to repeat this year. I just think that Tom is just outstanding team guy. But individually, man, I got to look at a guy like Jerry Rice. He was a bad dude. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, 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 I got issues with both of y'all. I mean, like, okay, wait a minute. You're playing football. It's a team sport. You, 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 Rodney, I've heard you say that many times. It's a team sport. So now a guy has these great team accomplishments, and you're saying, well, individually, Jerry Rice. So wait a minute. All Tom Brady is doing is dominating a team sport, which is what football is. So why, does, why, why can't he be the greatest? Well, you're you're asking me. It's it's hard because I, I've I've dealt with so many great individual players. I mean, you think about, you know, just individual players. Whether it's Emmitt Smith, you look at Walter Payton, you look at. Um, Who's it? Reggie White. I mean, these guys were dominant players. You even look at Aaron Donald right now. Individuals outside of the quarterback position don't necessarily get the benefit of the doubt. Like, they put Patrick Mahomes in front of Aaron Donald. Like, Aaron Donald is the most – he's the most disruptive. He's the most um, – just – just the best player that I've seen in the National Football League, but yet they put a quarterback in front of him. So I, I don't I don't agree with just because he's a quarterback that he should be the greatest of all time because there's a lot of other individual positions that, you know, guys don't get enough credit for. 
man, Rodney, that is. Thank you, Rodney, because Michael don't listen to me. Understandably so. Who am I, right? I ain't Maybe when to, you hey, say it, I ain't listen to Rodney either. It'll actually <laughs> stick. <laughs> so thank That's you. That's why so he lost his hair because he doesn't also, listen very often. Hey, I ain't listening to neither one of y'all. I think y'all both wrong. You also okay. said I love you. But wait, I love you but both. Let's not, let's not gloss over this, Rodney. You also said, and I and I agree. That's how we started the show. That you expect them to repeat. Uh, that's no small thing. You've been there, done that, and got the T-shirt. Why do you think this team could do what no team has done since you and Brady did it in 0304? I think it starts with the head coach, Bruce Arians. I mean, think about it, guys. I don't care, you know, with Tom being here, so many players that came back and re-signed, whether it was a, a multi-year deal, um, like Shaq Barrett signed, or if it was a one-year deal. Like, you're giving up a lot. You're giving up millions and millions of dollars. You're leaving that on the table to come back and play, and that's because of Bruce Arians. I mean, yeah, it's a small part of Tom Brady, too. Guys want to play, but if Bruce Arians, if he was an absolute jerk, nobody would want to come back and play. You think about Shaq Barrett. If he would have went out, he could have probably got a five-year, $100 million contract. He signed a four-year, $68 million contract. He left millions of dollars on the table because he wanted to be around Bruce Arians. He loved the atmosphere. He loved the environment, and yeah, that never hurts to have Tom Brady, but but at the end of the day, it's the head coach. He sets the tone. And the same thing with Belichick. When I signed with the Patriots, I left about 5 or $6 million on the table. And people looking at me like, man, you're crazy. But it's not always about the money. It's finding the right situation for you. And that's what I did. And I think that's what a lot of those other players did. All right. First of all, I, I want to I talk about the Bucks as a repeat. Your, your prediction, they're going to win it again. But before we get there, you just said something that was interesting. I remember talking with uh, your former teammate, uh, Damian Woody. And Woody says, well, actually, yeah, you did play with Woody. You played with Woody. So Woody says he left, and he went. To, he got a big deal in Detroit. Detroit was terrible. And yeah, his team, some of his teammates were asking him, hey, why would you go for the money? And he said, look, the Super Bowls are not going to put money. <laughs> Super Bowl rings aren't going to put money in my accounts. So you took a decision. You made the decision to take less. Any regrets, though, as you look back and say, all right, I could have five, six million more dollars right now. I got a Super Bowl. Dude, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm on NBC right now, and it wasn't because I went to the Detroit Lions and played. It's because I won championships at the Patriots. They would not have even considered me if I don't win those championships with Coach Belichick and, you know, and, and be able to do my job. So, no, I don't have any regrets. And you think about winning Super Bowls, all the opportunities, whether it's commercials, endorsements, signings, I've made that money back. You know, but it wasn't about the money. It was about going to a, a specific place that I felt like I could play football, I could be myself, and I could be part of a team. And that's and that's what guys don't understand. Damian Woody got rich out there, but he was miserable. All right, you come from Coach Belichick, yeah. and you go to Detroit Lions and play. You're miserable. And is that worth five or six million dollars? Yeah, no, because I want to be able to wake up every day and say I'm excited about going into work. I'm excited about being around the people that I want to be around, and I'm excited for playing for the coach that I want to play for. Quick, quick interjection, Michael. I, I know you want to follow up on on the repeat uh, for the Bucks this year point, mm -hmm. but just out of curiosity, because I'm fascinated by what ifs. Uh, Rodney, I mean, we were talking yesterday about Paul Pierce revelation that he could have gone to Dallas in a three team trade and played with Dirk Nowitzki. Who did you who could you have signed with if you wouldn't have come back to the Patriots? So this is after 03 after Super Bowl 38. 
Uh, we all remember the picture of you with your, you know, your arm in a sling, raising your <laughs> hand, your first the bowl against, against Carolina. Yeah. So this was after that. Who, who were you close to going to? If, if you wouldn't decide with New England, who would you have gone with? Mike Shanahan and Denver Broncos. I know the Oakland Raiders, they had a deal for me, but Al Davis was tripping. He didn't want to pay me no money. He wanted to give me a $750,000 sign-up bonus, and I'm looking at him like, dude, you give bums. I'm not a bum. I can still play this game at a high level. You're trying to offer me seven hundred fifty, which is about 450000 after tax. I'm like, Al, I'm not doing that. So, you know, look, look, look at this guy getting all hyped up now in the stadium. But, but yeah, I would have definitely gone with the Denver, so Denver Broncos. Mike Shanahan, a guy that I played against a guy that I really respected as a coach. I saw him in Vegas and I said, Mike, I'm going to be a free agent. You better holler at your boy. So he was offering me four or five million dollars a year. I decided not to take it. That's good stuff. I, I want to, I know it's loud in the stadium so I'm just going to ask you this. I'll, I'll stream it and you tell me if you can hear me but you have the Buccaneers. You and Michael Smith think the Buccaneers are going to repeat. I said to him, hey, it's not that easy, and it's not like they were head and shoulders above every, uh, better than everybody last year. Why do you think the Bucks can do what a lot of teams haven't been able to do in almost 20 years? I think first and foremost, like I talked about, Bruce Arians making sure that this team is even kill. Um, I think second, too, is Tom Brady. I had a chance to talk to Tom Brady. He talked about how excited he was being the second year in the system, how much more comfortable he is in the system. Even Antoine Winfield, I heard him talking about just the comfort level. All these guys, this is the second year in the system together. They feel comfortable. Tom knows. And even last year, Tom was like, hey, I don't, e- I didn't even know where to sit on the bench. So he was learning on the go. Just think now he's comfortable he's confident he knows his teammates and I, I just i just think they have an opportunity now that, that seven that 17 and no they're not going undefeated it's too difficult to go undefeated and it's not even worth it to go undefeated but yeah i think they're going to repeat they still got the defense they got depth they got young guys that have been drafted to come in and make contributions and this team is still hungry and that's one of the things that you you concern yourself about complacency yeah injuries are number one but complacencies and when you're around tom brady you're around bruce arians there's no way there's going to be any level of complacency. So I, I think they're going to repeat. All right, so they got the Cowboys tonight. I was saying off the top, least of my concerns, Rodney, is, is Dak Prescott in that offense. We know they can put up points. We know they can move the football. Uh, defensively, uh, I, like the, I like their speed and athleticism at the second level. What are the chances that tomorrow we're talking about how competitive Dallas's defense was against his high-power Bucks offense? And for that matter, is that defense good enough to balance that team out and get Dallas back into the postseason? I, Mike, I, I don't, I don't know that question at this point in time. I know Dan Quinn, um, he coached yeah. the Seattle Seahawks, but you know they had a bunch of Pro Bowlers out there last year. He coached the Atlanta Falcons, and they were terrible. They couldn't keep a lead. They missed tackles. They blew coverages. Um, the uh, miscommunications, everything that he's preaching to the Dallas Cowboys currently, he didn't do in Atlanta as the head coach, defensive coordinator in, in, in Atlanta. So um, I don't, you know, I, I look at this. I, let me just say, I look at Micah Parsons as a guy. Okay? Okay, that they're building this entire defense around. Okay, Demarcus Lawrence, he's been a guy that's been a true disappointment. The last couple years, he's been hurt. Um, He hasn't produced. 
You know, they gave this guy a $100 million contract, so it starts up front, and he has to be disruptive up front. Micah Parsons is going to be that that Ray Lewis of the defense. And then, you know, um, um, Trevon Diggs, obviously young cornerback, you know, he's going to have to step up and, and play a lot better. But I don't know, man. I don't know how good this defense is going to be because they had problems in every aspect. They you know played. all the – Exactly, and they have played. But I do have a problem with you saying that, you know, with Dak Prescott, you have no concern about Dak Prescott. How can you say that, Mike? He hasn't played in the preseason. When last time we saw him, his his ankle was like this. And now he hasn't been hit by a 300-pounder. He hasn't been chased with that speed and that athleticism. And he hasn't seen all the different looks that he's going to see from Todd Bowles' defense. Todd can bring a corner. He can bring nickels. He can bring safeties. I'm, I'm scared for Dak personally because – I just think mm. that, you know, Todd Bowles is such a creative wow. mind and he's going to throw so much at Dak. I think he might struggle today. Oh, yeah, listen. No, no, all facts. I meant more so in the long run. I meant in general. Like tonight, the first game back, there may be some rust. He's facing a, a really good defense that got better since last year. They don't have Zach Martin. A lot of reasons for him to struggle. I, I just meant long term or this season. I feel like he'll be Dak. Even sooner rather than later, he'll be Dak. But no, point well taken about uh, about him coming back. Mike, you got one last one before we let Rodney go? Yeah, yeah. Last question, uh, Rodney. Uh, I need you to settle yet another uh, discussion between Michael Smith and myself. This one over Cam Newton. Now, I tried to tell Mike before it happened. I told him weeks before it happened that Mac Jones could be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. He didn't want to listen to me. He kept saying it was Cam. So obviously. Uh, Cam lost a job. Now I'm trying to tell him that Cam's NFL career is over. What do you think the next step is for, for Cam Newton? I, I think you're right. I think um, if he settles in and he wants to be a backup quarterback and if he, if his ego allows him to be a backup quarterback, I think he'll be fine as a backup quarterback. But if he doesn't want to settle as a backup quarterback, he's not going to start on any of the 32 teams. He's not. I mean, he couldn't even beat a rookie out. So you think and, – and plus, think about it. You see his throwing arm motion. He's, it seems like he's always laboring to throw the ball and – it's just not a fit, man. He had his opportunity. He's a, he's a backup quarterback, or like you said, I think his career could possibly be over. Rodney Harrison, man, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming kicking with us with that extra sharp lineup. Went straight from the barbershop immediately to the stadium to be crispy on brother from another. That's Looking right. forward to hearing you tonight, There's man. a barber uh, off to the side. Have a great 2021 season. Listen, I actually flew him in, all right? So it cost me money to bring my barber down here. <laughs> I told hey, hey, man, it's, it's always good to hang out with done. you guys. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate y'all. Let's do it again, man. Anytime, appreciate Rodney. You. Let's do it again Anytime. Just let me know. Peace out. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Take a moment and reflect. Last February, in this stadium, something special happened. 
Tonight is the encore. After a moment that Tampa Bay will never forget. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title. A championship that the world can never take away. The journey of this team isn't over. Tonight, we turn the page. We may be champions, but once again, we suit up as the unproven. We have new goals this year. It's going to be a different trip to get to the Super Bowl with fans in the stands. Last year's effort won't be enough. So we need something that we didn't have last time. With our crew at our back, our strength is unmatched. And down he goes, Devin White. Fires over the middle, it's picked off. And going deep, catch made. Jones breaks it. Brady throws, end zone, he's got Evan Gronkowski again. Hey fellas, this is the moment, hey, we here. Let's not take this opportunity for granted. The camera's on tonight, man. Yes, hey, what we gonna do when the cameras come on? Uh-huh. We gonna sign. So whoever you are, know this. There's no fight you can bring. There's no hell you can raise. That's greater than all that we've been through together. goes for the deep shot. After all, every great story deserves a sequel, and ours begins right now. All right, we're going to get into whether or not Chris Sims agrees with me that the Bucks are going back-to-back and who Chris Sims has winning it all. But we got some breaking news about a contender suffering more L's uh, in practice, uh, a perennial contender suffering more L's in practice. All right, so not sure if you've heard, Chris Sims, but the Ravens cut their practice short today after Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards sustained potentially significant knee injuries on back-to-back plays. Tests were done on both players. So then, the latest is the Ravens fear that Peters suffered a torn ACL in this practice. So, I kid you not, Chris, coming into the show, I plan to ask you what, if anything, Le'Veon Bell has left. The Ravens look like they're going to have to find out very soon what Le'Veon Bell uh, has left. What's your, what's your reaction to the Ravens who've already been decimated by injuries, specifically at the running back position, um, sustaining two potentially more devastating injuries? Well, it's it's killer. I, I mean, that's the only way I can really, like, explain it. I mean, th- this is a team in Baltimore Ravens we know is revolved around the run game. So you have the injuries already to J.K. Dobbins. That's concerning. Gus Edwards is very good. He is, like, a capable starting tailback. I mean, I, I, I was excited for him to get his opportunity and kind of show everybody what he has. You know, Le'Veon Bell, that concerns me. Yeah, it hasn't looked good in a few years. Plus, you guys know he's kind of one of those dance, dance, and then try to find a spot and run that way. That's not really Baltimore style. We've seen they kind of like, hey, we got a hole. Get through it at a million miles per hour. Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram when he was there. So that's a huge 
below to their football team. And they better call. And does any else breaking news happen? Does Latavius Murray get signed? Because they need to call Latavius Murray right now. That's the first thing I want to say about that. Then the next thing is the second most important position on their team, guys, or maybe other than Lamar Jackson, is corners. They haven't had a pass rush in a few years. They play a ton of man-to-man with Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters. It's one of the reasons they can't beat the Chiefs because they have to blitz to get to Mahomes and they have to leave their guys on islands too much. So that is really another big one for them altogether. That that makes me think differently about the Ravens. Yeah. Well, and I know you had them. We'll get to your playoff bracket that you put out. You had them as as the the third wild card, the seventh seed in the AFC before this news broke. Didn't they just trade Sean Wade? To the Patriots, so right. I mean that looks worse in hindsight for cornerback depth. They got uh, Tyson Williams uh, as their uh, as the next man up at running back. Michael, I, I go back to something. I think it was something Belichick used to always say about Baltimore, and I love to get your take on it, Michael. He used to always say about the Ravens, they're there at the end. They are. They're always there mm-hmm. at the end. And I guess I just I hesitate to write off an organization like Baltimore. Uh, which has done right. such a good job when it comes to personnel evaluation. And ironically, last thing I'll say, Michael, ironically, the talk coming into this year is can the passing game take it to another level with these new receivers who've mostly been hurt uh, with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson might have to run for another 1,000 yards this year, Michael Holland. Yeah, you know what, fellas? I think that's the reason, to, to address your point, Michael Smith, I think the reason Belichick say all those things about Baltimore because he realizes at times it's like looking in the mirror. He has so much respect for the way they they do their business. They're really smart when it comes to the front office. Eric DaCosta, their general manager right now, one of the best in the game. And before DaCosta, there was Ozzie Newsom. I mean, think about that, that pad, that baton. Newsom to DaCosta, that's incredible. A lot of organizations can't say that. But Chris Sims, I want to ask you this. Because I know a, a lot of Ravens fans might be looking at this saying, wow, this happened in practice and not the games? I know we, a lot of us just who have never participated in NFL practices and more and more uh, media access is limited to practices, don't really understand what happens there. Can you just give us a sense of what practices are? They're not glorified walkthroughs. No. A practice really is physical, right? Well, yeah, to, to speak to what you guys are talking about, especially in Baltimore, that's why Belichick respects them. You know, they're about physicality, you know, not messing the game up themselves. You know, week-to-week game planning, game-specific, like not like, hey, this is what we do. Like, no, they always have new wrinkles. They know how to build a team to what you you both said. And, yeah, they're one of those teams that you know practices maybe a little bit more physically than other teams out there in football. But this is just sounds like it's unfortunate. I don't know if it was a scrum of players or what or did Marcus Peters just make a cut and then his knee gave out so uh, this could be just sheerly bad luck but yes I can say from experience of working in New England seeing them you know Baltimore just what I've heard through the grapevine I've seen the Steelers practice a lot of those teams that you see Andy Reid even though it's about throwing the football it's old school Sean Payton yes old school physicality they believe in practicing their guys hard that's going to translate Late to hey the game's going to be easier on Sunday and that's what a lot of the teams and the organizations we see that are constantly there towards the top the Seattle Seahawks the same way that's what they believe in so you know this is just uh this is bad luck it really is and and uh, I really feel yeah. for them if there is a team that can overcome it it is them because of what the culture they yeah. have in place I'm not giving up on them but like I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl now that would be the thing I'd probably say mm. 
Yeah, and so again, uh, for me and Rappaport, concern for both players, Peters and Edwards, is a torn ACL. Both oh, have tests wow. uh, to confirm. So going going back to um, your prediction. So Chris, injuries would be the only thing that gives me pause about being so bullish on the Bucks. I got the Bucks going back to back for all the reasons you already know. I don't need to recite them again. Right. You, you're close. And as a matter of fact, I'll, I'll take it a step farther. I have the Bucks beating the Chiefs again. I think in Tampa and Kansas City, we're seeing the makings of the NFL's version of Cavs Warriors in the NBA a couple of years ago. Where sure. we're just going to keep seeing that movie over and over again, and we'll see how it plays out in the Super Bowl. But you're close. You got both the, the, the Chiefs and the Bucks making it to the conference title game, but you got Cleveland beating the Rams to win it all. That's some throwback NFL history the for you right there. Uh, I know. Browns over Rams. Yeah, the I love to. Uh, first of all, Cleveland is probably loving you right now, uh, but that's a provocative yeah. pick. Why do you believe that the Browns are going to take that next step? Because a lot of people think there's a gap between the Chiefs and the Bills and the rest of the AFC, Cleveland included. Oh, yeah, I don't see it that way. You know, I, I don't. Hey, listen, the Browns almost beat Kansas City in Kansas City in the divisional round last year, and I know Mahomes got hurt, but even up to that point, they were moving the ball. You know, they had the ball where they fumbled the ball, the one-inch line into the end zone, right? Cleveland's made for playoff football. It's one of the best offensive lines in the game. You know, of course, we know the two-headed monster they got at, at the running back position. Baker Mayfield, to me, is made for the playoffs, too. He's fearless. He's got weapons. He's not afraid to pull the trigger and make aggressive throws like a Mahomes or a Josh Allen and then I just think they added the right pieces uh, especially for what their defensive scheme is this year so hey I mean you know I, I just feel like it's their time a little bit I just couldn't quite pull the trigger I, I mean listen I'm I hear you the Bucks and the Chiefs I wanted to write it in there but just I guess my years of being around the NFL when you start <laughs> to go chalk it never it seems to go chalk yeah and that's was like my two little yeah. curveballs as I went through the playoffs Rams just to hit on that real quick, yes, I'm excited about their talent and their team and Matt Stafford. I'm also scared to death if they get two injuries, three injuries, they're done. They're such a top-heavy team like we've talked about in the past. But, yeah, I think the Browns, the vibe, what I see on film, how it ended last year, the improvements to the roster, I think they're going to jump onto the scene this year and be a big-time player, as you could tell. I'm glad you gave some uh, love to Matt Stafford because Michael hates Stafford. So thank you for thank you for showing Matt Stafford. Underrated quarterback. I don't, I, don't hate, underrated I do not hate Stafford. I don't hate him. Of course, you know, exaggeration <laughs> know. again. But I'll tell you this, uh, Chris. One of uh, one of us does agree with you on on the Buccaneers not repeating as Super Bowl champions. Uh, let, let's let's spend a little more time there. Besides, you know, it being difficult to repeat. Right. What is it? What what, what do you see? Uh, in other teams that maybe or are other teams able to take advantage of, of Tampa's weaknesses you see it that way or is it just that you think they were fortunate to kind of navigate the road they did last year they're awesome there's not a weakness to their roster I don't look at any one thing and go oh man that could be an issue for them all year long one thing I'm going to say tonight on the pregame show here on NBC before the game is the only thing I get even like the only way they lose tonight is if Todd Bowles tries to play defense the way he did in the first half of the Kansas City game of the regular season. Blitz too much, leave guys on an island, Amari Cooper one-on-one, CeeDee Lamb one-on-one, bomb show. That, to me, is maybe the only weakness. Can Todd Bowles just 
fight his urge to be over-aggressive, which is his history. And we saw him do it in the Super Bowl. He fought that urge, and it got him a ring. So I would think he can do it again, especially with this defense. But I don't see much weaknesses. But the things I do see is the Rams with Stafford better. I think the 49ers are arguably right there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as far as how the team's built, the roster. I don't see a lot of weak spots there either. You could argue they have the best offensive line in football. And then you got Debo, Samuel, Ayuk, George Kittle, Mostert, Shanahan's a genius on the offensive side of the ball. Their front seven's as good as anybody in the game. So they're another team, too, that I think will play a factor in this. But, yeah, I think all in all, it's just so hard to repeat, especially right now in the salary cap era with free agency and everything. The teams are so equal. You know, I, I trust me, guys. I was with you to where I was close to going Bucks Chiefs. You know, once again, I do think the Chiefs are better as well. But I just think so there's some other teams in, in each conference that are going to be a little tougher this year for them to just uh, swipe under the rug. And here, wait, one more thing. I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm hot, and you just got to hear me, okay? The, the Bucks are really damn good. We know that. But, like, let's also not forget they were down 20-10 to 10 in the divisional round and the Saints were driving. And yep. they almost blew an 18-point yep. lead, you know, in the NFC Championship game. And there was other hiccups during the yep. year. So they're really good. I just – when people start going, oh, they're going to go 17-0, and maybe they'll go 20. I go, come on, let's, let's relax a little bit. They're really good. I don't see that happening, hey. though. Listen, I, I feel you. Kyrie Irving got hurt. James Harden was on one leg, and Kevin that, Durant's yes. shoe size too oh, big. No. Trust me, dog. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah. But no, I got one more thing on this game, and then cool. before we let you go, I do want to hit Sunday night with you as well. This is the last time I'll talk to you this week. What are you looking to see from Dak Prescott? Probably, I mean, besides the Bucks hanging their banner and defending the championship, probably the, the second biggest story uh, is, is America's team quarterback comeback. What are you looking to see specifically from Dak his first game back? From how good can you know how good can he be it's really a rare situation i mean first off i think you guys know i'm a big dak prescott fan when he's healthy hands down one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football probably top six seven eight right in that area he is special and what to me makes him special and i'm going to do this again on the pregame show tonight too so tune in and watch i'll show you some plays he is one of the best in the sport at throwing with the trash around him and what i mean by that the pocket collapsing people grabbing at him you know oh I gotta move a little bit and he's fearless and he keeps his eyes downfield and still throws 30 and 40 yard strikes that's his game but he hasn't played in 10 months he didn't even play preseason football damn he didn't even practice that much and now he's got to be like, hey, carry the squad against the best team in football with that front? That's where I just – how capable is he to do that tonight? You know, that, and, and I don't think he's going to be as capable as what he will be in week five or six when he's finally healthy and feeling yeah. confident. But I don't expect their run game yeah. to be able to jump off tonight, not against this Bucks defense. Nobody could run against them last year. So it's a lot on Dak Prescott's yeah. shoulders right off the bat, and I just want him to be careful. If he's in the scrum and Ndamukong Sue's touch, him or grabbing his jersey go down don't be a hero tonight's not the night it's a long season it's a marathon yeah. not a sprint i got one more for you then mike's got one and we'll let you get out and get in the ac yeah, cool um fast forward into sunday night's game you've already showed stafford love that's great andy dalton's getting no love as the placeholder for justin fields and he talked today about the worst thing you can do is looking over your shoulder i wonder if you could kind of speak to that mentality that somebody who knows he's on the clock, somebody who knows he's a temp, somebody who knows the entire city and fan base 
doesn't want to see him succeed, doesn't want to see him out there to begin with. What what have how, speak to that mentality of not looking over your shoulder and having that laser focus into doing your job, even though your job is just to keep somebody else's seat warm. Yeah, it's tough. It really is. I, I went through it a little bit in college and the pros. You know, you, you're sitting there on the field, and when you make a mistake, you already start to think, like, wait, are, are they going to pull me? Uh, oh, no, did I just lose my job because I had a bad series right there? You know, the good thing for Andy Dalton, he's been a lot of tough situations throughout his career, and he's probably – he is at the point of his career where he can block that nonsense out. You know, if he was a younger guy, I'd go, oh, man, this is a, an impossible situation. But he is a veteran. He understands the game. He understands it's not all about him. But I'll still go back to what I've been saying from the get-go. It's going to be a short leash. And Justin Fields is the greatest schematical advantage the Bears have on that team. And I just think we're going to see Justin Fields at some point be the starting quarterback for them in week two, three, and certainly have a package for him in this first game. All right, so we, we already heard your, your, your Super Bowl picks and your conference championship game picks. One team I didn't hear uh, mentioned in the NFC is Aaron Rodgers. He of uh, the last dance part two fame because that's probably what it's going to be in Green Bay. How does the last dance with Aaron Rodgers in? I, I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. You know, one of the best teams in football, the record. But for me, there's just there's just not enough Jimmys and Joes for them to, to pull through and get to the Super Bowl unless it falls the right way and some of these teams get injured. But I don't know. I just look at their roster and go, it's not to the level of the 49ers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, even the top-end talent of the Rams is better than the Packers. There's still too much to me, in my opinion, on Rodgers and having to make the perfect throw and having to make the perfect read. And don't ever throw an interception, but throw the ball into the tightest windows in football all the time. And that's just unrealistic to think that you can do that once you start to get to these teams deeper in the playoffs who have the best defenses in football. And that's, you know, Rodgers is a victim of his own greatness to a degree. He makes a team 13-3. and three. They're really 11-4. and five but they had Aaron Rodgers they're 13 and three and we think they should win the Super Bowl so I I just look at them that same way they're going to be there in the end but I don't know if they got enough steam and talent to really beat some of these better teams in the NFC or the AFC for that matter you got all the talent in the world my friend we look forward to seeing that talent on display this evening pregame show halftime postgame show long night ahead long weekend ahead Football time, baby. Good Football, to see you. Baby. Regular season form, Chris Sims. All right, Thanks, man. Hey, coming up, we're about to talk some hoops. Keith Pompey for the Philadelphia Inquirer has been obviously on the front lines of reporting this Ben Simmons story out in Philly. And, of course, uh, Chuck and Shaq had to weigh in. And uh, some would say pile on Ben Simmons, but no sympathy for me. We'll be right back. Well, I'm, di- I'm disappointed in Ben Simmons. When you give somebody $200 million to dribble a stupid basketball, and the only thing you ask them is to be better as a player, and their first response is, I don't want to play here anymore. That disappoints me as a player. Uh, it disappoints me as a fan. They're not saying, hey, come over here and cut my grass. They're saying, Ben, we need you to learn how to shoot the basketball. I have G14 classification to say what I'm about to say. Okay. And so does Charles Barkley. Ben Simmons, you're not that good. And then in this league, do you want to be good or do you want to be great? You're not great. But if you want to get to that next level, you have to be great. And to be great, you have to work on your game. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I, I don't blame Ben Simmons. I don't blame him. Snakes, I don't trust him. Smiling in your face. He's holding them back. All the time. He's held them back long enough. Trying to take your He's place. held them back long enough. Now stop holding him hostage. Stop the music. Stop the music. He needs to hey, go, Mike. and he should have been gone he already. And the blame at this series. point doesn't fall on Ben Simmons. It doesn't fall on Joel Embiid. No. It doesn't fall on Doc Rivers. It falls on Daryl freaking Morey for not moving him already. Man. Well, keep, uh, the plot hey, continues keep, to keep thicken. Pompey. The plot continues to thicken. Hey, hey. So the latest, before we get to our guests, the latest is that uh, ESPN's reporting uh, that when Simmons told the Sixers he wasn't reporting to camp, they had every intention of telling Ben Simmons, hey man, we got no deal for you. Let's put aside our differences and keep it pushing. And that aforementioned report that Simmons was not going to report to camp comes from Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and here's what he said on 97.5 a couple of days ago. See, here's the thing, and there are teams who are interested in Ben Simmons. They just don't want to pay the steep price, right? Right, right. Ben Simmons knows it. His camp knows that. So they're saying to themselves, like, you know, why should we help the 76ers out when they feel like when Doc Rivers said what he said, no one apologized, you know, Doc Rivers wasn't reprimanded by the team or this and that. Or there's an organization where... You know, in the preseason last year, when they were saying they weren't trying to trade him, but everyone knew they were trying to trade him. Right. So, so there's kind of like uh, yeah, there's there's ill there's no like love loss between these two sides. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Keith Pompey, you heard him there. Joins us here, and Keith, man, you you've heard us argue about it. And I don't know why I'm taking this so personally. It's personal for me, man. I'm like, I'm ready to fight. And not because I think Ben Simmons is a perfect player, far from it. It's just that Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey told reporters like you one thing all season long. I assume they were telling Ben the same thing behind the scenes. And then, woo, they went off-roading after they lost game seven. So that's that's where I'm coming from. Tell me uh, how I need to just untangle this for me. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm right. No, you're, you're right. You're 100% right. But the, the funny thing is, whenever Doc Rivers was saying that, like there was times when, you know, Ben would, would go to the foul line and struggle and everybody was doing hack of Ben. And we, the media, would say, well, Doc, did you think about taking him out? And Doc would look us in the eyes and, you know, via Zoom and say, no. And, like, if you suggested I take him out, then I know you don't know basketball. So it was one of those things where you knew that Doc was doing everything in his power to, like, back up this guy. And I feel like what happened 
in game seven is someone asked Doc a question, and for the first time all season, he was real. He said what he felt, you know what I mean, after that tough loss. But you are right. You know, you look at Ben Simmons, and, and they're saying one thing publicly all year, and then after they lose game seven, you know, it was kind of like they threw him under the bus. But it's been really about that not showing up for camp, fine, and potential suspension life. Is he is he that dug in? The person I talked to um, and a couple people I told me, they said it's not about the money. It's not about the fine. It's about principle. And, and again, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, he's looking at it like these people don't want me. They want to trade me. They want me to come back and raise my trade value. Now, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, teams talk to agents. They talk to everyone else. So they know that there are people who want Ben Simmons. It's just that they don't want to give up the bank or the farm, so to speak, that the Sixers are, are, are asking for. So at this particular time, from what I heard, it's all about principle. It's not about the money. It's all about principle. And let's face it, this is already a circus. Can you imagine what happens when he doesn't show up? So it's one of those things where I guess the belief is that the Sixers are just going to say, forget it. We can't deal with this negative press. Let's just get rid of him. And that's why for me, the bad guy in all of this is Daryl Morey. Now, I know Daryl Morey looks at everybody as an asset. I mean, he's, he's you know got a singular focus on just moving these chess pieces around as if they're not human beings. And for me, I don't understand how you could place such a high value on a 25 year old all star defensive player of the year runner up all NBA team member so on and so forth place such a high trade value on him when clearly you don't value him or at least you don't value him enough to support him and say no he's on our team. He's our guy flaws and all we're going to get through this together. It's no secret that they've been trying to upgrade their team, but yet he wants to have somebody else, Maury that is, he wants somebody else to solve his problem, make his team better because they're in win-now mode, and he also mm -hmm. wants to win the trade. What I'm basically getting at is, Keith, why won't Daryl Maury just come to his senses and take C.J. McCollum instead of holding out some kind of hope that Damian Lillard you know, is going to become disenchanted. And by the way, here's another assumption. You know what they say about assuming? Here's another assumption that the Blazers will happily accept Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard. Maybe they can get better somewhere else. Hell, maybe Lillard wants to go somewhere else. What is Daryl Morey thinking, Keith? Yeah, you know what? And it, 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 it's, it's funny because, like, you know, I, I guess it's, it's one of those things where you always, Daryl Morey always had a knack for winning the deal, right? That That's his reputation. He always wants to win the deal. And personally, I felt like they were asking for so much beforehand because let's just say if Dame Lillard becomes available, right? But if they make a trade beforehand, at least they can go back and say, well, look, we tricked somebody into giving us four first-round picks and a pick swap and an all-star player and some other assets, Right. But, but you're right, man. Like, you know, it, it's one of those things when, you know, you're bidding against yourself. I mean, seriously, like there's no one right now who saw Ben Simmons play in the playoffs, you know, at, you know, at least during the draft, who were willing to give them four picks and everything. And another thing is, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, everyone and their mom 
who who follows the NBA knew that the 76ers wanted to trade him in last preseason for James Harden. They were unable to do that. And no matter what you say, you know, his stock keeps dropping. I mean, the final 40 seconds of that game seven, Ben was on the bench. In the game seven, Ben was on the bench. So how are you going to go out there and ask someone, hey, I need four first rounders. I need two all-stars, whatever, for this guy. It's just not going to work. And you are right, man. He has to come to his senses to get the get a reasonable deal. And, you know, I know it. You you spent a lot for him, a lot of money. But right now, his value is low in comparison to other All-Stars. Okay, I, I got a couple questions for you off of that answer, uh, Keith. So right now, let's just say right now, Daryl Morey is sitting there chilling at the crib. He can go. He, who can he go to right now? I was going to make an analogy, but it was bad timing. I'm, I'm not going to do it, though. But who can he call right now a sure, and know like a sure thing? that he can get? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, right I mean, now. That's, that's never I know I can get this deal. Who is it? Who, who can he get know, right, right now for Ben Simmons? <laughs> no, you got me laughing. I never went there. Man. Michael Smith. You know, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Yeah, Mike has me laughing. You know what? The, the thing is, I, I would think that the best bet right now of a team that you could say like a short thing would be the Minnesota Timberwolves because, like, you know, everything that you keep hearing people saying is like how much they want Ben. And the reason being is because, let's face it, there's a, a small market town in an extremely cold place where free agents aren't lining up to go. So if they could get Ben Simmons and to, you know, pair him with Carl Anthony Towns and, and you know, uh, Ant-Man, you know, it's one of those things where they feel like that they could work out. So I think that could help. But again, you know, you're still asking for a lot of picks. Now, the one thing is, I think the 76ers' best bet is kind of what Mike said, you know, uh, go get McCollum. But the only problem now is Ben Simmons' value is shrinking, you know, saying that he doesn't want to come back. And I'm pretty sure they're probably going to ask for more, you know, in addition to Ben. So, you know, but right now, if you had to, like, I hope y'all don't do it, but if you put a gun to my head, I would have to say uh, Minnesota would be the 76ers' best bet. All right, Keith, do this for me. Okay, Uh, let's, let's play psychoanalyst on TV. I look at Ben Simmons, look at his size, look at his age, his skill level, and I say, man, this guy, even if he's like a 30% three-point shooter, he's still a threat. He's so talented. He can do so many things. What's going on? Like, why why does he hesitate to shoot? Because it seems correctable. Just like, is it low self-esteem? Is it no coaches have really asked him to do that? Like, what's going on? Because he's got so much skill in my eyes. It's two things happening. You know, Ben Simmons grew up and he was, um, the first thing was he was always so much better than every, everyone else. So he never like worked on his outside game. It was all about, he was the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. I mean, literally he was at 610, you know, doing whatever he could. So he was always able to get to the rim and no one could stop him, right? So he never worked on that. And then I think when you get to the NBA, and I noticed this my early years of covering him his early years in the league, you would go to warmups, primarily on the road. 
and Ben Simmons would be out there shooting threes. And my man, it wasn't like he was making all of them, but he would go all around the world and you would say around the three-point line and you're basically saying to yourself, this guy can shoot. And then, but it got to a point to me where it was that fear of failure, so to speak. Like he doesn't want to miss the shots, you know, what it would look like. So it's a mental thing. And Ben Simmons is his worst enemy. And like the thing about it is like the follow up on the things you said, when I look at Ben Simmons and I see the athletic things that he can do and all he has to do is attempt some threes, make a, a small portion of them, you know, then you can put him in the category of like one of the top players in the league, you know, unstoppable. I thought he, if, if he can make some jumpers, you know, aside from just doing it in the summer, right? You know, he could be a guy that people would have said, this is his team, not Embiid's because he's that good. But I think it's a mental thing where he didn't work on it coming up. And then it's also one of those things where, you know, he's one of those guys that's, you know, concerned about what it looks like when he misses. He has that fear of failure. Man, it is so good to have gotten you on the show, Keith. We've been referencing your work for feels like obviously through this whole ordeal. And it's just good to get more of your insight in person. So this is my last question for you before we let you go. And we appreciate your time. Um, going back to the report that I referenced off the top, which was, you know, that same meeting that you first reported on with, between Simmons, his team and the Sixers brass, where he was like, I'm not coming to camp. Get me up out of here. Reportedly, they had every intention of saying we can't find the right deal. Let's let bygones be bygones and move forward. Mm. Is that even a remote? It's a two part question for you on the way out. Keith. Is that even a remote possibility at this point that he could come back to Philly or has that ship sailed? And along with that, give us an idea of how bad it is in Philly for Ben Simmons among the fan base, among even the media. Just, you know, because we saw the the uh, the newscast with the trash can floating out of town. I mean, it's just like this. Can he ever, can he come back to Philly or is that ship just completely sailed? It sailed. And, and, and here's the thing about it. Let's keep it 100. Like with that meeting, like, you know, you had some sources saying they want to bring them back to, to trade them, to bring up the value. Other sources like, no, nah, no, nah, we want him to come back. Now, nah, everybody knew that he was coming back to be traded. He can't he can't come back here. And in Philadelphia. Yeah, man, this is bad. Like, you know, it was one of those things where after the game, when the game let out, there were people in the parking lot burning jerseys, burning Ben Simmons jerseys. Yeah. You know, you know, someone threw a, a, a can of, of a, a plastic bottle, like a water bottle, towards on, on the court. You know what I mean? To like near the sick, near the bench, right? So it's one of those things where before the, the town was split, like. You know, Ben Simmons was the most polarizing sports figure in, in recent history in Philly because you had some people saying, get him out of here, he, he can't play. And then you had other people saying, no, he's great. But on that night, I mean, there were so many mm. people upset. I mean, they people were unified. just killing him. Yeah, they were unified. Yeah, they were unified. Mm. And and I don't I don't think he can come back here because it's not just a basketball thing. Can you imagine if he gets out of the parking arena or out of the parking lot and says, oh, man, man, I got a little bit of gas in the tank. Let me stop at this gas station and try to get some gas and see the reaction he's going to get. You know what I mean? Because, you know, nowadays people get those muscles 
and they want to like try to test these athletes. So yeah, they'll come on the court. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so nah, I I I, I don't I, I don't think Ben Simmons can come back here, and I think he knows that, and I think the 76ers know that because he's getting destroyed mm. in Philly, destroyed. Yeah. Well, listen, man, you are definitely in the know, doing great work for the Philly Inquirer. Uh, appreciate you uh, giving us content, <laughs> making our job easier, making us feel smarter. Uh, do us a favor, man, and, uh, and come back through when and if this trade finally goes down and the situation is resolved. We could break down what Daryl Morey uh, ended up getting in return from Ben Simmons, man. Fascinating, fascinating story. Every day there's another twist to this, and, and you write up out front Always. reporting. So appreciate you, Keith. Hey, man, thanks for having me on, and I appreciate being on the show. I'm a, a, a fan of the show. Thank appreciate you, Appreciate it, man. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Be mm-hmm. good. See you. Bye. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Man, Mike, we should have known. We should have known how this was going to end. We should have known that the Pittsburgh Steelers, for all of this, we're not going to make any concessions or set a precedent or guarantee money in beyond the first year. That's how we do business. Like, man, it's TJY. You make exceptions for exceptional people. Now, obviously, the full breakdown will come out. Sure, somebody like Florio will get the, the real numbers. But right now, deadline spur action, as they say. TJ Watt, this is Ian Rappaport, Steelers and star pass rusher TJ Watt. Mega deal, four-year extension worth more than 112 million. That's a, just over 28 million average per year. That's 80 million amazing. fully guaranteed at signing. That's amazing. Highest-paid defensive player in football. That's the bottom line. Highest guaranteed for a defensive player, and it's the Steelers who do it. They broke protocol to get their best defensive player signed. Massive deal. 80 million fully guaranteed for skill, injury, and cap. Again, man, it's like. Yeah, we don't do things this way. Well, yeah, you ain't got nobody to do things the way T.J. Watt does it either. So, okay. good for T.J. Watt. Listen. Good for the Steelers. He'll be on the field being the alien that he is on Monday against Buffalo. Bad for Josh Allen, I guess. Let me tell you this. Who are you about to say, Mike? Mike Smith. Yeah. I know we're talking about, we're going to talk about the Matrix at some point. But this is where the mm-hmm. Matrix is totally blown. I mean, that you just you just touched on it. The significance of, of the the signing itself, $80 million of signing is just staggering. And the significance that the Pittsburgh Steelers did this, I mean, you could give me 32 guesses. You could give me 42 guesses. <laughs> I still wouldn't say the Pittsburgh Steelers would sign anybody. Uh, uh, you know, Jack Lambert, Jack Lambert Jr., Jack Lambert the third to a contract like this. The whole Lambert family, the Ham family, the Steel Curtain in its entirety. I just never would have imagined the Pittsburgh Steelers would do a deal like this for a player or players and it's well deserved. Hey. But you're right. We talked to so many guys. We talked to Tony Dungy yesterday, former Steeler. Uh, we know how the Roonies do business. But this just tells you how great TJ Watt is. This, this is sensible. And, and it's even though TJ Watt, you're right. 
He's a rare player. I think this is precedent setting for the Steelers. They can never say we don't do business. No, I know not like you got about 10 uh, TJ Watts coming, but they can't. They could always say exactly. before we don't we don't do deals like this. This is our organizational policy. Can't say it anymore. You can't say we don't. We can't say it's impossible for the Pittsburgh Steelers to do fill in the blank. It's no longer impossible because we've seen it with TJ Watt. Yeah. Um, all right. Meanwhile, in the AFC North, uh, the Bengals um, have reason to be concerned about their fifth overall pick. Uh, well, I don't Man. know why you're smiling. It's, it's actually not funny at this point. Uh, here's what Jamar I like Chase, the sound of your unfortunately. Voice. I just like aloud. I like the sound of your voice. That's why I'm smiling. I'm smiling because I'm listening to my Here's friends speak on, on, uh, said aloud. on TV. Listen to this. Right. How is it different, and, and was that more than than you expected? Um, the ball is different because it's bigger, of course. Um, another reason is it's different because it doesn't have the white stripes on the side. So you can't see the ball coming in from the tip of the point. So now you actually have to look for the strings on the ball at the top, um, which is a little hard to see because the whole ball is brown and then you have like six strings that's brown, that's white. Um, but for the most part, um, you know what I'm saying? You just got to get used to it, um, find out what I'm comfortable with catching, how I'm catching it comfortable, and going from there, to be honest. Uh... So PFT posted about it was the headline NFL ball is harder to catch than NCAA ball harder to see without white stripes and attributed that statement to Jamar Chase to which Chase replied. Ha ha. I never said it was hard to catch. They asked me what the difference was in the ball. Don't change my words facts. I, I listened to it. He didn't say it was hard. He's that question was how is it different? And he explained how it's different. Uh, However, it's different. Uh, he needs to catch it. <laughs> That's the bottom line. I didn't, I didn't hear him making an excuse. And don't ain't nobody oh, trying man. to hear that. The ball in the NFL been the right. same for a long man. ass time. And right. cats ain't supposed to be dropping the ball like that when you're a Belitnikov award winner. And honestly, man, at this point, I don't even want to hear about how you ain't played football in a year. All right, but you played football your whole life before that. Catching the ball ain't supposed to be that hard for you. There's something else going on here. Okay, do not be the Ben Simmons of the NFL and get the yips right. when it comes to catching the football. Like that's your job. And most of all, Jamar Chase, don't make me look foolish because I ain't trying to hear from this dude. All right, because even though Penny Sewell's having his own problems in Detroit, every time you drop a ball, yeah. I got to hear about it from this dude. So please stand by your words, but more important, let your actions speak for your amazing talent. I still believe in you, Jamar Chase. We will forget this. We'll forget this when you're giving right. your Hall of Fame speech. When you're giving your Hall of Fame speech Hall of Fame. 20 years from now, okay. we won't even have to remember. All this. right. This will be a distant I'm room for him. Because this ain't who you this is not who I you am. are, Jamar. Hey, I hear I hear the words of, of Killmonger uh, ringing. Is this your king? <laughs> is this your king right here? <laughs> hey, man, nobody wants to hear that. Jamar, just catch the ball, bro. Catch the ball. Number five overall pick. You know, great player. Everybody a best receiver in a supposedly a best receiver in a draft that had a lot of talented receivers who went in the first round just catch the ball and I understand look a lot of people will say this Mike you, you you've, you've heard this before 
as a questioner and I'm a questioner, you'll hear some people say, Hey, listen, I just, I just answered the question that I was asked. I just gave him an answer. Some questions you just don't need to answer. Now you look, Hey, can you tell me how the ball is different? He's not asking you as a friend. That's a setup. He's setting you up <laughs> and you took it. He, you took it. He didn't ask you that. Hey, you know, Jamar, just tell me about it. Don't give a breakdown of the football. How it's bigger and the stripes aren't there. Just catch right. the ball. He, said, he did say he did I, say it was harder to you got the stripes. You got he, he was a little too specific. He did say it too was specific. He, he pointed out the differences and said it's harder to do X, Y, and Z. He didn't say hard to catch. So he was being literal, literal, excuse me, in his in his correction of Florio. But stripes or no stripes, dog. Like catch the damn ball. Like I mean, I, like plenty of receivers yeah. like come from the NFL and ain't got this problem. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if it's a sight issue, and I'm not I'm not shading him. I wonder if he if it, if it's concentration, if it's sight, whatever it is, he, he's got to get it fixed. He's got to get it fixed. You know what? You know what I think it is yeah. seriously. In, in all seriousness, I think it's just reps. I think it's reps. I, I think that year off is a big deal for a lot of people, and and, and maybe somebody can come up with. An example of someone who took who, who opted out in 2020, a college player mm-hmm. who's well, balling we don't out know right yet. now. Well, well I'm we talking about this yet. in training we'll, camp. We'll a good training camp. Cause Sewell, oh, I'm okay. coming, training camp wise, Sewell struggled in training camp. Uh, Jamar Tr- uh, Chase struggling in training camp. Out of the five quarterbacks taken in the first round, the f- uh, top 15, the one who had the hardest yeah. time with accuracy was Trey Lance. So. And he had, and he displayed yeah, his but power even and, then, his, Mike, and his talent. But even then, I don't know. Even then, you opted out. Okay, well, what were you doing when you opted out? Because okay, what about somebody that gets hurt and rehabbing all year? They don't come back dropping the ball, forgetting how to catch it. People miss people yeah. miss a season all the time, you know. So I'm, just I, to I'm not even going to buy that. But I will give you an example. I will I will give you. I'm, 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 I'm a switch sports, and I'm going to give you an example. And it's also I know you are. Okay. It's also going to tee you up. Um, I was just reading the other day about how awful a spring training. I hope I get this right. How awful a spring training Derek Jeter had uh, in 96. I think it was um, rookie year. Yeah, that was his rookie year, right? Was it 96? Yeah, um, 96. And then he went on and they were gonna and Joe Torre was gonna send him back down. Um, but he ended up obviously being a rookie of the year and went in the first of his five championships with the Yankees. So there's some inspiration there for you. Jamar wow. Chase is that one like you could be struggling now in the equivalent of spring training for the NFL and you could be the offensive rookie to be of the year. Hell Jerry Rice. We all know had the drops in 85. We, we know how his career ended, you know, best hands in NFL history. Um, so one day I'm serious in, in, in Canton, just like Jeter and Cooperstown, give you a Hall of Fame speech and you can shout out the one writer who doesn't vote you in the Hall of Fame? Who is it? That's yeah. all I want to know about Jeter. Who What's is the clown point? who did not vote for Derek Jeter to be a unanimous Hall of Famer? That's all I want to know. That's all I got to say about that. Jeter's work speaks for itself. I ain't got to say nothing else right. about Derek Jeter and the captain and all the reasons he deserved to be a unanimous Hall of Famer. Same as Mariano Rivera. But the one person who didn't vote for him should have his privileges revoked immediately. Yeah, why do privileges are cut off. And it's like. And it was a thing. It, it was a thing among baseball writers. Some some guys, uh, and I use that term, I'm talking about everybody. Uh, some writers, let's say it that way. Okay, some writers will opt out of voting so they can continue the tradition, many years of not having a unanimous Hall of Fame. 
Uh, somebody, a unanimous player in the Hall of Fame. So Ted Williams was not unanimous. Uh, Joe DiMaggio mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. was not unanimous on, and it, it, it's want to keep it going. Yeah. So that's that's the logic. Yeah. Why they do it? Because it's always been done that way before, which is a really stupid way of looking at voting. Yeah. Well, uh, my grandmother and granddaddy did it, so I'm going to do the same thing that they did. That doesn't make any sense. But I'll tell you who did make sense. And I'm so privileged that I got a chance to see him up close. You know, Yankees, Red Sox, the, the rivalry is the rivalry is still strong, but it was really intense when De when Derek Jeter started his career. I mean, every year and Mike, you remember this in Boston when you started as an intern at the Boston Globe, you probably heard it when you first got to Boston and and Red Sox fans believed it every year. They said it. They'd say the Yankees are vulnerable. The Yankees are vulnerable every year. Like the Red Sox hadn't won uh, the, the, the curse. It go to 75 years and it was 80 years and then it was 85 years. And finally uh, it was broken. Uh, Red Sox beat the Yankees and then won the World Series after an 86 year drought. But they look at Derek Jeter and say, oh, come on. Like the guy doesn't hit 40 home runs. Uh, you know, he, he's not the biggest guy out there. He's not the fastest guy out there. Why can't we get by the Yankees. And there was just something about Derek Jeter, the way he carried himself, the way he just found ways, despite the, if, if the Yankees were struggling, if the Yankees weren't hitting, he just found ways to will them the victory. And so I know yeah. a lot of a lot of sabermetricians don't believe in the intangibles. A lot of them don't. I'm not saying all a lot of them don't. But Derek Jeter made <clears throat> me believe in intangibles. And on top of that, to play a to play that position in New York City, uh, to be the shortstop of the New York Yankees, to be the to be He's the also, king of New York, because well, he is the in last more ways king of than New York. one. Well, he was all, he was also a legend in two games, like Pee Wee Kirkland, because we know what a, a peerless Word. and flawless record he had off the diamond as well. We know that he we know he right. had quite a few we know he hit quite a few home runs off the diamond as well. Speaking of home runs before we go before we go yesterday. You reminded me. I did not remember that my first time seeing the original matrix was with you and Rupin in Boston. Um, right, so it's only fitting that you and I watch the trailer again together. Did you see the trailer Bring dog? Did you Let's see go. Bring it on. the trailer? Bring it on. Oh my God. Bring Bruh, it on. It, I mean, I December 22nd. I think it is. Can I get here? fast enough. This movie looks I mean, it's first of all, I, 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 in the last two days, I watched the original trilogy again just because because and so I'm like, wait, where did I, I was going to ask thing? you like, have you, you seen know, it with your kids? Have your kids I don't know seen where it? it's going? Have I don't know if my kids yet? have seen it or not. I, I think I may want to have seen the trailer what? or the original. I'm gonna watch it with the kids. The original. The original. I'm watching with mine too. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it with uh, well, Savannah was kind of peeking in it yesterday, but I don't think she got it. But I'm gonna watch it with her as well because I'm like, is is he another version of the anomaly? Because he was the sixth version in the Matrix Reloaded slash Revolutions, according to the architect. Is this the seventh? Did he come back for I'm Trinity, who we know died? I'm a can't, I'm officially cannot wait to see it. Maybe we'll see it together, Mike. Right. Yes, again. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.